Hey everybody, welcome back to the Broke Daddies Podcast. We are so excited that you're here. My name is Chris. And I'm Keenan. And we are pumped. We got a great episode for you guys today. It's going to look just a little bit different because of the things that are happening in our culture. And I'm going to explain that more. But first, cue the theme music. Let's do it. All right, guys, we're back. We're, again, this is going to be a different episode for us. Um, Obviously, our world's been a little shaken with uh, a lot of things that are going on. And um, with our current listeners, and, you know, since you guys have been so good to us, we wanted to make sure that we were transparent with you um, Mm -hmm. with what our opinions are or what what we are trying to do um, for the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. Um, and really just raise awareness, uh, bring perspective to you guys, because um, there is a lot going on, and I think uh, we wouldn't be doing, we wouldn't be utilizing our, plot, our platform to the fullest if we didn't address this uh, issue of, you know, racial injustice, police brutality, um, and all, 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 those, uh, all those tough topics, but, yeah. you know, obviously we like to be goofy, uh, we like to be funny. Um, but this is something that is bigger than that. And, Absolutely. And we want to be on the right side of history. Um, so we got a really cool guest, uh, Pastor Chris Griffith from Rhythm Church down in Chicago. Um, great friend, uh, great friend, friend of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. him, him and his wife have been so good to Kim and I. Um, they gave us premarital counseling. Um, they've been great friends to us throughout our entire relationship. Um and you know he's just he he's an african-american leader in his community in his church and he's planted that church down in chicago Mm. so it's it's a really cool interview guys and you know if you don't want to listen to it that's fine but i really think that if you want to grow as an individual if you want to understand people in the black community please listen i mean it is it's a treat and it's something that might educate you on things that you weren't aware of before. Chris's stories are pretty powerful. Um, raise awareness to what's going on uh, in today's society. Um, I mean, Chris, what what did you? I mean, you took away quite a few things. I yeah, mean. yeah, I definitely did. Um, so for me, it was just mind blowing. Um, I grew up in um, New Jersey, which was in a suburban uh, culture. Um, but the cool thing was for me was like my best friend growing up was mixed. He was, his mom is African American and his dad's white. So for me, like it it completely destroyed any racial barriers that I could have possibly come across. Sure. I grew up in a predominantly white household and neighborhood and honestly culture, but I was over my, you know, mixed friend's house all the time. Uh, Josh Savage, if you're listening to this, man, I love you and I hope you're doing well. Uh, Feel free to reach out anytime. Um, But yeah, so I grew up with a mixed best friend. And, you know, now that I'm an adult, like I'm honestly like seeing this for the first time. And I don't, and I thought that that was terrible. Like when I first admitted that. Um, which was honestly not too long ago, but now I'm realizing like it gives me an opportunity to grow and learn. Uh Um, I'm really trying to be a voice in the community as much as I can be. This podcast and this episode being dedicated to 
the Black Lives Matter community um, and our African-American brothers and sisters in general um, is a part of that. Um, you know, we're going to have um, links in the description to not only Chris's um, Instagram and Facebook and church information, but we are also going to make sure that you guys have links to the Black Lives Matter community, petitions, yeah. and anything that way, that way you guys can take our podcast and the words that you hear and then immediately put them into action. Yeah, act on it, not just sit around and listen. Like, listening yeah. is one thing, like, yes, that's step one. And you have to do that, 100%. Yes, and, but what comes after that? You know, you want to, we want our listeners to grow. We want people, we want society to change mm -hmm. because what we're experiencing right now isn't, something that i want my kids to grow up in and i know it's something that um the black lives matter uh you know movement and uh black lives community uh and really just all minorities who have been discriminated against are just sick and tired of it and right. you know we touched on a few different things we touched on some really difficult topics a lot of uh chris's experience uh experiences of how he's um you know of his interactions with uh, being discriminated against, and also, um, you know, the rioting and looting versus protesting, um, and it, you know, Chris gives a little uh, a, a different perspective, um, and you know, it's something that I admire, mm -hmm. and it's something that I learned from, and I, I was able to understand and grow, um, and I was actually able to go to my first uh, protest ever. Um, and yeah, that, that's saying something. I'm 24 years old, and I've never been to a protest before. Um, but you know, when, the yeah, time, what was that like? Yeah. When the time comes, you, you got to step up yeah. and you know, I was, I was a lot, <clears throat> I was a lot, uh, or I was in the mindset of, you know, I was trying to educate others, like why the black lives matter movement, um, is so important. And, you know, just talking with family members, friends, <laughs> people who were clapping back on Facebook posts and I wasn't having it, things like that. Like, yeah, that's all talk, but you know, when the community was doing something uh, and bringing into action, shout out Dorian Hunter, all right? Mm. He is one of my good childhood friends. Uh, he has been basically a leader in this movement in our community. Um, great head on his shoulders. He brings so much understanding to the table, but he put the protest together and it was all peaceful, which was great. It was yeah, amazing. Absolutely. I was able to go. I was able to, I was able to march um, with, uh, you know, the, the black community and the minority community and everybody who want to be part of the movement, um, through, throughout our downtown city. And it was just really, it was really cool to see a city come together for this issue. Um, people would be driving by, uh, like honking, uh, cause I mean, they were, they were hyped that we were out there holding our signs and, uh, doing our chants, um. And obviously, it was all new to me. Um, so, like, like, I mean, guys, I'm just going to be real with you. Like, one of the chants was, hands up, don't shoot. Because guess what? That's the reality that our black brothers and sisters go through every time they get pulled over. They're, yeah. they're scared. Yeah. Because police brutality is a real thing. Hands up, don't shoot was a chant. Um, and then... No justice, no peace. That was a great one. I, I really enjoyed saying that. Um, and just being in unison with the black community around me. Yeah. Um, and just saying George Floyd's name. 
you know, bringing awareness to the situation. Um, it's it's just a really weird time for 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 our country, but I think it'll be really cool to be able to tell the people who come after us saying what we've done in the year of 2020 amid all the other things that have been going on that mm-hmm. have. I want to. I don't want to say like hindered it, but like we could easily, as as a nation, we could easily look away from this, and not even just a nation, but as a as as a um, as as the whole world. You know, we could easily look away from this and not try to make change. But you know, there's protests going on in all of these states all around the world, and I think that says something. Yeah, and if definitely. if you can't see that, and you're still listening, if you can't see everything that's going on in this world and still not recognize that there's an issue, go get educated. I'm just going to be blunt with you right now. Okay. If you don't, if you don't want to learn that, if you don't want to grow, if you don't want to be aware of what's going on, then you're in denial because our black brothers and sisters need us. We got to be their voice, uh, to our families and to our homes. And we need to bring equality to this country. 100% 100% agree with you, man. Yeah, um, man, that's powerful. Um, yeah, man, sorry. I just got, I started ranting. No, it was good. I needed to hear that because I wasn't personally at the rally, so I'm thankful that you were and that you could share that experience. It was cool, man. Yeah. I got my picture taken on Facebook somehow. Nice. Right on. <laughs> it was wild. No, I'm glad that, but, I'm sure you're proud that you got to yeah. be a face of that movement. It's good. Well, the face didn't really matter because I was wearing a mask. So. Of course. But, but the fact, it was pre- my presence there. Your presence, man. What was more in, like, I don't know. I think it was something that I needed to do, yeah. not for myself, but like if I didn't go and act on my words, then I would, I, in my head, I would be a hypocrite. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, you yeah. Know, actions agree. speak louder than words. For and, sure. You know, I had for to, sure. I had to go and do that, not just for myself, but also for my black brothers and sisters. And I yes. saw Dorian there and I was so excited to see him because I was awesome. like, man, look at this. Look at what you did, man. You brought yeah. this whole city together for this whole march. And yeah. it was just cool. It was awesome Good. to see, man. That's awesome. Well, hey guys, so we're gonna, we got a great uh, interview coming up here. Hey, I just want to really quick go over some, some, some we'll call it housekeeping uh, when it comes to the Broke Daddies podcast. Number one, you might have already seen it, um, you might have already listened to it, uh, but episode four is already out. Um, we recorded it a couple weeks ago and we released it on our normal schedule, which was yeah. Monday night. It's typically Monday nights when we release episodes. We didn't advertise it this time because as soon as we released it, George George Floyd was murdered. And we just decided, Kina and I, that, you know what, there are more important things right now than to talk about ourselves and to talk about our goofy product. Um, And we love you. We love you guys so much that you are listening, that you love our goofiness, and we want to keep giving that to you. Mm -hmm. The next episode will be for lack of a better term, part of our regularly scheduled program. Yeah. Um, but this episode will be different. It will be a very serious conversation about a very serious topic that yes. speaks to us. Um, we are both white, but we both want to make sure that we are doing what we can to support our black brothers and sisters, like Heenan said. Um, so that's what this episode is going to be about. Um, again, we're really excited to have Chris Griffith um, a pastor in Chicago, um, a black brother in Christ. Um, we're really stoked to have him, and he's gonna 
really he opened my eyes mm -hmm. that conversation was recorded before um this so um i'm just gonna let you know that you're in for a treat yeah um you're gonna you're about to be you're about to learn something y'all i learned a lot yeah. from that conversation so, so. guys um also just want to say um thank you thank you so much for listening thank you for continuing to support us yes, we sir. love y'all go listen to episode four after you listen to this episode because this episode is very important to us um i would like to say it's probably one of our best yes um love y'all and without further ado here is our interview with chris griffith All right, everybody, we now welcome on Chris Griffith. Um, he is a good friend of me and my wife. Uh, him and his wife gave us premarital counseling, and also Chris was uh, the pastor that ended up marrying us um, at our wedding. Um, and a little, to give you a little bit of context about Chris, uh, he I know him from him being up in Columbus, um, being a pastor of a church up here, but he is now uh, develops his own church down in Chicago, and he is a very pivotal part down in the Chicago community, and he's an African-American uh, male leading a church. Um, so, Chris, thank you so much for coming, man. How are you doing? Yeah, man, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on and hang out with you and Chris. So, Chris is a great name, obviously. Oh, I agree, 100%. Yeah, I might, I might change my name to Chris. <laughs> Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, man. Well, hey, again, thank thank you so much. But um, you know, obviously, we know that this is a very real topic that we are dealing with in current times. Um, you and me and Chris, we all come from different backgrounds and probably two different worlds. Um, but to, I mean, I just want to kind of ask a quick question: like, how is life going down uh, in, over in Chicago right now? I mean. How are you have you how have you guys been affected so far from all all the things that have been going on? Yeah, um, it's been really interesting to be honest. Um, you know, there's been moments I, I feel like I've experienced every like emotion possible. Just you know, um, obviously we we mourn the loss of uh, a man um, named George George Floyd um, from Minneapolis, and that's been heavy in the news. And then um, you know even uh, Brianna Taylor. Um, it's actually her birthday today. Um, and, uh, you know, then before that, like Ahmaud Arbery. So in the midst of COVID-19, uh, all of that has kind of happened. So there's just many different emotions. Um, there's a lot of people who are really, really hurt by it all. A lot of people who um, are very emotional about um, everything that's kind of been happening in the world. And so um, yeah, I mean, I'd say for the most part, um, things here um, have kind of settled uh, back down and, um, you know, people are still um, actively protesting. But I would say most of the, um, you know, just extreme anger as far as like um, rioting or looting, all that stuff has kind of quieted down. But um, there's definitely still a lot of protests happening because um, I just think that a lot of people are, are, are ready for change and, um, you know, kind of tired of the current reality. So I, I'm, I'm just um, yeah, I mean, me personally, we're doing well. Um, you know, life is definitely different with due to covid. We're working from home and just kind of developing a new normal. So, um, yeah, it's 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 definitely good here. And. Uh, summertime is coming, so uh, you know weather's nice outside, and um, yeah, it's 
it's definitely just an interesting time in our history. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that, uh, you know, there's still quite a bit of protesting going on. Um, we even have one up here where we, where we live and, you know, obviously Chicago, uh, you know, we know how seriously this topic, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement is where you're at. I mean, have you, have you gone to any protests? Have you seen what's been going on? Whether it be on the news or on Twitter, um, you know, what, how, how has that affected you, you know, emotionally and mentally and, you know, just overall? Yeah. um, Yeah, it is unique. Um, I haven't uh, yet been um, to any protests just due to uh, being immunocompromised a little bit, um, you know, and I'm a little more high risk than some others to get um, to get COVID. So I'm definitely taking a lot of precautions, um, but have had a lot of people go out and do stuff. And uh, to me, um, you know, I'm definitely for protests, but I think with all of this that's really happened, um, you know, it's important that we kind of attack this at many different avenues. So you know, protests are great, but, you know, there's other avenues that we can, um, you know, make a difference. You know, doing this podcast to me is important because, um, you know, it just is a different lane. So everybody has their lane and everybody has the thing that they feel like um, is going to help bring the most change. And for me, it's it's having conversations with you guys and um, being able to, uh, you know, share my heart and be able to um, kind of let some people in on my perspective. But, yeah, like I said, uh, it, it feels like a, a an interesting time, but definitely I feel like in this moment, um, feel like I've been being, you know, a lot of people are asking questions. So I'm, you know, grateful for that and just really wanting to, you know, answer and be a resource to people who want to know more and who want to uh, grow in this area. Yeah. yeah well, we can't, we can't thank you. Thank you enough for taking time to do this. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, us being white individuals and, uh, you know, we want to be as educated as possible. That way, when the time comes, we're able to spread awareness and, uh, you know, educate others that are around us. But, um, you know, you, you had noted some, you had noted stuff about, you know, the protesting going on. Um, and then, you know, there's obviously lots of other stuff that's going on. Yeah, I guess one of our biggest questions, just to start off, you mentioned that um, there's a lot of other avenues besides protesting that um, people can take to spread awareness. Um my first question would be just, you know, can you just talk about how you're reacting to the protesting versus, you know, the rioting? Um, just kind of get share your heart on how you feel about those things um, as an African-American man. And then if you want to, um, can you also just tell us, like, what would be other avenues that people should be taking? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, my perspective um, is always going to be shaped by, you know, my story. I think one of the things that's really important in this season is that, uh, we share stories that the power of story, um, has the opportunity to, um, help people understand and humanize some of these, um, issues. I've had a lot of people reach out over the last couple of days and, you know, I'm like, Hey, any questions you have, like hit me up and I'll answer and so I've had a lot of people, you know, maybe who um, don't come from the same background that I come from. And, uh, you know, they ask me questions like, hey, is like, is racism real? Like, is, you know, systemic issues, are they real? And so I just think it's super important that we tell stories because that uh, really will um, 
take an abstract thought or something that's super foreign to a person and actually make it real. And so, you know, the simple fact that um, the other day on Facebook, I, I just shared my story, just like a couple quick hit, like things that I've kind of encountered and been through in my life. And um, I just really feel like a lot of people um, maybe that will hit me up and we're like, man, I had no idea like that was the thing that you went through. So um, I think that's one of the things we can do to um, continue to raise awareness is we can just tell our story. And it doesn't matter if you're white or black, um, you could tell your story, you could say, you know, hey, man, I know my friend Chris, like, and you know, this is some of the things that he's been through. Um, and, um, you know, that, you know, we want to bring awareness to this. So I, I just think that, yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. Um, you can educate yourself, you can uh, read books, um, you can, um, you know, you can continue to, um, in everyday life, when you when people are saying things, you can speak up for, for what's right. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different things, but yeah, those would, would be some of the biggest things. And then, you know, um, as far as like, you know, the protests and stuff like that, um, obviously, you know, my, my framework also, I'm a, I'm a believer, I'm a pastor. And so some of the way that I live my life is through that, that framework. And so, um, you know, just, let me just kind of state that, you know, I, I don't necessarily um, feel that a protest, excuse me, not a protest, uh, but like rioting, violence, looting, all that stuff is an effective way to communicate or, to be honest, to uh, combat systemic issues of uh, racism. And so, but at, in the same coin, um, you know, I'm kind of, I would say I'm in the boat where, um, you know, in my lifetime, like I've been privileged that I grew up with two great parents who taught me, um, you know, how to kind of come against some of these things, how to rise above the noise, how to, um, continue to, um, yeah, just, you know, pursue everything that I feel like God has called me to do. And so, um, for me, you know, I, I even grew up with a little bit of a privilege. And so um, I think it's just tough because, you know, when we look at the Black community, um, we see the serious need for leadership. And so a lot of people lack leadership and a lot of people lack knowing how to um, address some of these issues and how to respond uh, when we are facing um, serious emotions. So um, for me, it's like, um, you know, I don't necessarily uh, would say like that's something I, that I would do, but that I, I um, sympathize with people because I, I know like, you know, they're acting out of a place where there's a lot of pain. And, you know, if you look at over the last 400 years, there's been a lot of events, you know, uh, the three that I just named at the beginning aren't aren't the only ones. I mean, there's many more, um, you know, slavery was a big thing. Segregation was only 75 years ago. Like, um, you know, it's just, it's a lot. So I, I think it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's easy to look at a situation and judge it and not necessarily have a framework for it. Um, but I think the key thing that I would hope people would get from this season is they would learn this skill of empathy. Because empathy is like something that um, you don't necessarily have to agree with a person to understand that they're in pain and understand that they have a valid viewpoint. And so, um, you know, 
it's easy for people to see people rioting, looting, and stuff like that, and just want to say, oh, well, they shouldn't do this or this or that. But, you know, to really get in somebody's headspace, really get in somebody's shoes, and, and understand, like, you know, that people are, are kind of at their boiling point, and, you know, this is this is what we're doing. Now, obviously, looting and rioting isn't a new concept. This has been going on, you know, for, for a bit now, but... Um, I think it's just one of those things where um, if you looked at it from a perspective of a person that was uh, a person of color, uh, when they've experienced all these injustices and all these um, many situations of oppression, um, you know, it's kind of one of those situations where uh, you think about a a cat, uh, you know, cats are, are precious, like tiny creatures. And when they're when they're backed into a corner. Uh, they can uh, kind of, you know, go crazy and like lose, you know, their wits. And so I just, it's one of those things where I, I never want to judge a person when I don't know their their story. And I did never want to judge a person when, you know, I don't have the all the information and all that stuff. So, you know, the best thing we can do in this moment is educate people, is we can pray for them and, uh, you know, and not necessarily jump to judgment first, I think. So, um, yeah, that, that's what I would kind of say with it and, and kind of, um, my thoughts on all that, but, you know, I definitely believe in protesting. I think we live in a democracy and I think that that's the great thing about our nation is that, you know, whenever there's something that we feel like is unjust, we can come together with people and we can, um, you know, make our voice heard. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely believe in protests. I think that that's our American right. And, um, you know, definitely think that, um, you know, we've we've seen a lot of uh, good stuff come from just the protest side of things uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely. That, that's so good. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. Um, but to piggyback off of that real quick, I, I do have a question following. But, um, you know, I was I was actually able to go to a protest here uh, where we're at. Uh, which was a really cool experience for me. It was way out of my comfort zone. Um, something that I wasn't used to like at all. Um, but, you know, hearing your story, uh, whether it was uh, your wife's post on Facebook or hearing other people's stories that I'm friends with who are black, um, you know, it, it really opened my eyes because I was, I don't know, I was able to understand the fact that this is a serious issue. And if, I'm just staying silent. I'm not doing anything. And, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that I'm in a position where I'm able to educate others or tell people others why this is such an issue or um, why the Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter uh, debate is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I just think that I, you know, what you share is just really good. But, uh, to, to piggyback off of that, I mean, you said being able to understand, um, you know, other your uh, your black peers and uh, friends, family, <clears throat> their stories. And, you know, if you don't want to share, that's fine. But, I, you know, just to give our listeners a little bit of a perspective as to what you've gone through so far. And this is just you, not not other black Americans that have to go through this every day. I mean, what are some of the instances that you remember that you've been a victim of racism? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to share because, like I said, I, I feel like stories have power and I feel like, um, you know, it will really open some people's eyes. I, <laughs> I was laughing. I was talking to a friend earlier and I said, you know, sometimes in order for people to get it, like you have to like scared straight them. Like you have to like tell them some of these stories that are just like right. eye opening that would really just kind of, um, you know, scare them straight, so to speak. So. Um, yeah, so one of the, um, you know, I think most blatant stories of like racism I've ever experienced was, um, just a little bit of context. I, um, so we, I grew up in like Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, so it's a metropolitan city. Um, and when, when I was like in six, no, excuse me, seventh grade, I moved to Bartlesville, which is like a town, um, you know, it's like 30 minutes north of there. It's a, it's a smaller town, white collar town, um, birthplace of Philip 66 gas, uh, a lot of, a lot of oil money there. And, uh, in the town, um, demographics break down to like, it's pretty much 95% white, like less than 1% black. And then the other, the rest is other. Um, but, um, so yeah, grew up very disproportionately white environment. Um, and I remember moving there. Um, so my dad was in the Air Force and he was kind of coming to the end of his time in the Air Force. So we moved up there and, uh, you know, we lived in a neighborhood, pr- pretty much the only black family in the neighborhood. And um, so I remember my first day of school, went to school um, and was going home, got on the bus to go home. And I remember uh, the bus uh, came to my stop to let me off at my house and, uh, you know, I remember it like it was yesterday because, um, you know, the bus driver opened the door and then I, I had got up to like get off the bus and uh, the bus driver saw me coming and he like shut the door and was like, there's no way you live here. Like, I'm not letting you off here. And uh, I, I thought that was like so interesting. <laughs> well, that's so interesting. I was mad, honestly. Um, and I just didn't understand it. Um, you know, up until that point, I think a lot of, I still had a lot of innocence and I just, you know, I mean, you know, Keenan, you know me, like, I I, I just love everybody. And I'm just like, always like super joyous and like, but I just, I didn't understand it. I had never experienced it. I never experienced racism like that blatantly. Um, and so in that moment I really did, but you know, in my time in that city, um, you know, several other little instances, I mean, I remember several times being at, like at the lunch table, um, and uh, a white girl would come up to me and, and, uh, she'd say, you know, get out of my chair, nigger. And, uh, wow. and uh, you know, it's just kind of, it kind of hits you, you know That's what I mean? Middle school? That's middle school? Uh, I was in, uh, that would have been ninth grade. Yeah. So uh, I was at the high school. And just for context for our listeners, what year was that when you were in ninth grade? 2004. Oh my gosh. That's not long ago at all. No. Yeah. 2004. Um, But you know, I mean, every day, I mean, you know, I would hear it every day. Um, You know, I played sports and did stuff, football. And, uh, you know, you hear, you hear stuff. I mean, people would tell jokes like all the time and, you know, fried chicken and watermelon, Kool-Aid, haha. Like, I mean, that was my life growing up, you know? Really? Uh, and yeah. real quick, real quick, is that, so obviously that you just said that that's something that you grew up with. 
I mean, do, do those jokes hurt? Yeah, you know, um, I think um, it just depends. I think when somebody, you know, when when you get called the N word uh, in in like a in a hateful way, um, it it, re- it that's probably like the the most it would affect me. Um, you know, I mean, I kind of got used to like the 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 fried chicken, the Kool Aid, like watermelon stuff. So that stuff doesn't bother me as much. I know, I know, right? That stuff doesn't bother me as much. Um, but you know, I think the other thing that was really harmful was um, so obviously growing up in a predominantly white town. Um, you know, I pretty much exclusively dated white girls. I'm actually, my wife is white. So, um, you know, uh, I've, I've, yeah, I pretty much exclusively dated white girls. And so probably the more, the most harmful thing was, um, you know, when I would date girls and like, um, I would really like them and like, you know, they'd introduce me to their parents and basically like their parents weren't cool with me dating them because I was black and like being told that to my face is like, yeah. it's rough. I remember one girl I was, I was into and um, I got hit with a double whammy because, <laughs> cause I'm black and I, you know, obviously now I'm a pastor and um, you know, I kind of um, knew that that was the path that I was going to go on in my life. And so it was like, they didn't want me to date them cause I was black and because I was going to do ministry. So uh, <laughs> it was, it was wow. like a it was like a double whammy. So um, yeah, I mean, that's probably the most harmful thing. Um, you know, there's been some other just like more subtle like um, um, subtle things that have happened, but those are probably the most like blatant um, you know situations that I've I've uh, ever been in, and obviously can remember them super vividly. So um, yeah, I mean. I've kind of, I've been through a lot um, with that, uh, especially when I was like in my most formidable years, like middle school, high school. Um, so, man, that that hurts me, like yeah. that you had to go through yeah. that, man. I'm like, sitting next to him and he's just fuming. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah, that, and I, and just knowing you personally, like that just really drives me nuts because you deserve so much better than that because you're such a good person and so honest you you show nothing but love and good vibes and it's just the fact that you you know people say those things based off of the color of your skin it's just insane to me and yeah that's been going on since 2004 all the way through your whole life right yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah i think chris has a question that he wants yeah yeah so um and you can keep bringing in personal experiences obviously but we kind of want to shift to like kind of like what a lot of like common arguments people are talking about like right now um, with like the George Floyd thing kind of picking up like the steam of Black Lives Matter and it being a predominant um, global conversation again here, especially in the United States. Um, So how do you personally react when people say all lives matter as a reaction when people say black lives matter. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm super gracious. Um, but I think that it, you know, it hurts to be honest. Um, because I, you know, I really don't understand, um, especially when that's the direct response. Now, I mean, obviously I've seen people 
post stuff, you know, uh, independent of that. But, you know, you wonder how much of it is like directly related to they saw a post and they're like, oh, I need to post something. So, I mean, here's the here's the like bottom line of this whole conversation is that um, anyone with a brain knows that all lives uh, should matter. Right. Um, but I think that in this season of life that we found ourselves in, um, I think it's really hard to say all lives matter and believe all lives matter if black lives don't matter. And I think in this moment, a lot of black people feel as if they don't matter. So yeah. if you're like listening to this and you have black friends or, you know, family or anything like that. And, you know, this is your response. It's really um, disheartening to us. You know, it, it, you know, I mean, somebody asked me the other day, like, um, you know, what was what was like, you know, one of the things in this COVID season that surprised you? And I kind of said, man, it's been you know, it's been really cool to see like the amount of people who have like really shown support and like told me I matter because up until this point in my life, I mean, and we're talking about super recently, there's been moments where, you know, it doesn't feel like, <laughs> like we matter. And just even me individually, like, I don't feel like I matter in the grand scheme of things. So, um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, the misconception with it is that um, when people say Black Lives Matter, they're elevating themselves over every, um, you know, demographic. And that's not the case. Uh, it's not It's not to say Black Lives Matter more, but when people say Black Lives Matter, um, you, you have to imply or, or know that it means two. Black Lives Matter, two. Like, in the whole conversation, it's not just, um, you know, that... that we want to matter more is we, we want to matter also like along with other people. And so, um, you know, the people who would say that it's just, you know, it's very hurtful. Um, and, um, it really reveals, I think a lot about a person if they're at their, you know, basic form, they're not willing to admit that like as a piece of all lives mattering, like that black lives matter. So, um, you know, I've heard the. Uh, I think the best um, example of that is, you know, when um, if there was a, you know, breast cancer uh, rally or breast cancer awareness rally, you wouldn't roll up in there and be like, well, uh, all cancers matter. Or you wouldn't say, uh, well, uh, liver cancer matters because like right. at the task at hand is you're talking about breast cancer. So um, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you just have to, um, yeah, yeah. Have that empathy because in the moment, you know, that this is, this is the group of people right now that is so visibly hurt and so visibly shaken by the events of the last couple of months, but also just in general. So, um, yeah, I think it reveals a lot about a person when they say all lives matter. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's, that's kind of a sad reality to be in. Um, and I think that, you know, the people who can't admit or can't um, kind of get down with that, I, I really think, um, you know, it's a good opportunity to examine the heart and just kind of say, you know, man, like I need to maybe like check in on some other people's viewpoints and other people's perspectives. So, yeah. Wow. 
<sighs> man, no, jeez, thank, thank you so much for sharing that. That's crazy. Um, well, I guess I kind of want to shift to, I mean, still on the topic, but obviously, you know, a lot. I think a lot of us, uh, a lot of our worlds were shaken um, because uh, of this George Floyd murder uh, that was caught on tape. Um, and I, I don't know, I don't know why it took that, it took that specifically, but I feel like a lot of people in the white community and people who defend police officers, you know, obviously, yes, they're not all bad, but there's no excuse for that. Right. And yeah. we, we're aware that pr- police brutality is a thing. We know that it is an issue and I you know this might be a personal question for you but I mean if you have you ever been a victim of either police brutality uh racial profiling or have you have you lost somebody or know somebody that's been affected by police brutality in that sense um yeah that's a great question I um personally haven't necessarily been a victim of police brutality I have on many occasions been the victim of uh, profiling, though, on on many occasions, Um, primarily uh, when it comes to just, you know, driving, being pulled over um, for, you know, not doing anything wrong, like obeying all of the laws. Um, I remember one time I was riding around with a friend and, um, you know, it was summer. So, I mean, we were like... You know, I was I think I was wearing like a tank top and and wife beater or whatever and um, shorts. And we got, um, you know, we weren't speeding or, you know, nothing wrong with the tags or anything like that. And so a cop pulls us over. And so, you know, typically when you get pulled over, um, you know, they're going to look at, you know, the driver's license of the driver. So um, in this scenario, um, that wasn't what was happening. I was in the passenger and he came directly to me. And was like, let me see your ID and all this other stuff. And so uh, for me, that was just, I was like, wait, what? Like, and then, you know, my friend that's driving is white. And so he came like right to me. And I was like, okay. Um, but there's been several other times, you know, not, you know, not really doing anything. Um, you know, I think one time, I mean, I feel like it was like a span of, you know, not even that long. I mean, it was like several times, like three, t- three or four times, like in a row where I was getting like pulled over in the span of like a couple of days or something like that. So, um, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, anytime I go to a store, um, you know, obviously uh, I'm black, but I'm also pretty tall, pretty big. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of threatening, I think, to some people. And so, you know, I get followed around stores. I mean, I I, lo- I love sneakers. That's like my secret, like... <laughs> thing i love and i love uh yeah classic i love to collect sneakers and um you know anytime i go to like a shoe store i mean i'll be in like nordstrom or like Foot Locker, and you know people follow me around and and you know kind of and it's uh it's interesting but you know one of the things that you know i'm grateful for is just like i said great parents and when i was younger my parents kind of you know raised me to and taught me some of these things like, hey, like when you go into the store, like, you know, don't put your hands in your pockets and, you know, fumbling around and, you know, make sure you're like not touching a bunch of stuff. Like, um, you know, don't don't go in the store wearing a hoodie or looking like a thug or any of that stuff. So 
Um, unfortunately, my parents had to tell me that, but, you know, I'm grateful for it because otherwise, you know, I think about some of these situations with people and I'm like, man, that could have been me. Like if I didn't have somebody who like gave me these like practical tools, like I could have been some of these stories that you've seen or read in the newspaper. And I mean, I have a lot of, um, a lot of great friends who are, um, police officers, I pray for them. Um, but I, I know it's just right now, like with this heightened sense of like um, awareness to this problem now, there's a lot of just tension between the two. And so, um, you know, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, uh, as as a Christian, I, I believe that, you know, it's our duty to um, to love people, but also like, yeah, like pray for people like and in the sense of, um, you know, uh, they're not our enemies, but a lot of times, you know, some, some black people would identify them and feel like they're an enemy and feel like they're being, um, you know, specifically profiled. And so, um, you know, it's just, even if, you know, they, they would feel like your enemy, I feel like it's important that we, um, yeah, pray for them. And, um, you know, I mean, obviously at the end of the day, they're there to protect and serve, but, um, you know, for whatever reason, there's some that are in the police force that have, um, obviously not done it the right way. And, you know, we've seen that with George Floyd and we've seen that in, in years past. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my experience, um, with the, with the police. Wow. Oh, that's crazy, man. That's, I don't know. This is just hitting a little close to home because I know you and I love you, my wife and I love you. And it's just irritating to hear that you've had to go through this stuff and you're just one of many, you know, um, and, you know, to go off, just take that a little bit further. Um, obviously, you know, when I get pulled over or anything like that, you know, I don't have any sense of uh, fear for uh, being affected, um, you know, physically or being physically harmed or even worse, fear for my life. I mean, is that something that you have experienced? Like it? whenever is has there been a time where you've gotten pulled over or talked to by a police officer and you've had fear uh for your physical health and for your life yeah every time every time every time oh my gosh yeah uh yeah every time i mean you know, like I said, I have some friends that are cops, and so um you know the silver lining with that would be just um you know because I know them, like there, there's a little bit of a trust there, obviously, but like, you know, for the most part, yeah. I mean, anytime I've ever been pulled over, it's like, could this be it? Wow. Um, That's too real. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's, yeah, it's a sad reality, but you know, I mean, yeah, just think about, you know, and you know me, like I, I really don't get into, you know, that much. So um, I just think about those people who, you know, are encountering cops like way more and like in other, like maybe even situations where, um, you know, it's a more tense situation. And I just like, yeah, I feel for those people because, you know, I know me and like, I'm not, I don't really get into anything real crazy. Like, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much a, a homebody. Like I don't, I don't typically go out like often on the weekend. So I just think about those people like who are going out on the weekends, who, 
um, you know, or encountering cops and stuff like that and um, how it must be. So, yeah. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Well, I think, uh, you know, I'll, I don't know, this has just been a really productive conversation uh, for me and Chris. Yeah, definitely. And I hope our listeners feel the same way. But, um, you know, to round things up, I think Chris has a really key question, uh, you know, for all of our listeners and us going forward mm-hmm. after listening to this you know, yep. how it will affect everything else. Yeah. So Chris, in like your, I don't know, your best opinion, um, your educated opinion, um, uh, how can white people best support minorities in the United States? And I know not everyone that's going to be listening to this will be white. Uh, but since Keenan and I are both, you know, we're both white, um, we ourselves are wondering, but also just how can we best um, support this movement? Um, and what can we do? Yeah. How do we spread awareness? Yeah, that's great. That's a great question. Um, yeah, I, I would say a couple of things. So first of all, I would just say um, how white people can best support people of color. Um, it starts with number one is first is acknowledgement of a problem. Um, you know, I would, uh, you know, everything we've been through, uh, over the last, you know, couple of weeks, I would hope that, you know, it would drive people to be like, yeah, there's a problem in our country. Unfortunately, it, not everybody has come to that reality or just realization. A lot of people, um, have made this, you know, kind of an issue where they're like, oh, well, no, that's that's kind of like a political issue. So it's not, you know, racism isn't a thing or, um, you know, systemic racism isn't a thing. Um, and so, you know, we're just gonna, um, you know, there's, there's just a couple bad cops and that's it. Um, you know, I, I mean, that I just think it starts there with the acknowledgement that say like, hey, like, Clearly, um, and there was some other stuff we, you know, we didn't really get into, but clearly, um, you know, we have like an issue in our world right now. We, we see, um, you know, people, people dying. You see the, the rioting, looting. You see people upset. Like we're, we're at an extreme deficit in our country in this area. And so I think it just starts with like acknowledging the problem. Uh, second of all, I think it starts with um, coming around and um, educating yourself around some of these issues and things. So like if there's some stuff that I've said, um, you know, buzzwords like systemic racism or racism uh, or any of that stuff that you don't understand, it, just go, you know, go read about it. Go go hear about um, what other people are experiencing, because I think that when we, that's the first step, when we educate ourselves in some of these areas that we can um, properly know how to um, speak to them. I think right now what we're seeing, um, I know Keenan's seen this, but a lot of people are coming out in support of their black friends, of people of color. And you're starting to see like a group of people kind of resist that, a little bit of that shift and change. And, um, you know, they would make comments or they'll, they'll reply like all eyes matter or they'll come, you know, to combat. And so I think it's important you just are educated on some of these issues so you know how to speak to them so that when you're at a family event and you're like outside and somebody starts cracking a joke that's probably inappropriate, you know how to speak to that. Um, If somebody's mistreating somebody at a job site, you know how to um, combat that, so to speak. So I think it's uh, coming to that place of just education and 
and then knowing how to speak to that. And then the last thing I would just say, and um, this is like, to be honest, probably one of the most important pieces of this whole puzzle is that um, it's important for white people to come and to uh, essentially elevate and amplify pe- persons of color's voices. So uh, exactly what we're doing right now. You guys are um, taking the time to interview me and, um, you know, and obviously like I'm, um, you know, in, in, a, in a field where I'm encountering a lot of people. So um, I'm not claiming to be an expert, but, you know, just according to the dictionary, I would be considered an expert in this area. But, um, um, but yeah, elevating those voices, amplifying those voices. Um, you know, one of the things with the, with, like I said earlier, with the looting, rioting, is I feel like people of color for far too long have not been represented in leadership in our country. And so it's really hard for people to identify with people that they can actually look up to. And so when you think about it, you know, for the typical, um, at least black child, but most people of color, children growing up, um, the people that they have to look up to would be considered, you know, either athletes or, or musicians or rappers or, or whatever. That's who they look up to. And so to be honest, like those people aren't necessarily equipped to be role models in this particular area of combating this huge area of racism and just like succeeding in America. So I would just say like elevating these voices, um, co-signing these voices uh, by you bringing me on and validating my leadership, um, you know, that speaks volumes to um, my community. So um, it's just super important that, you know, you continue to, um, you know, elevate these voices Um, And, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, we're not necessarily people of color are not looking for handouts. They're not looking to say like, oh, just, you know, elevate me because I'm black. You know, we're looking for people to give us just, you know, an equal opportunity. And so anytime you would think about, um, you know, who who a particular expert in a field would be, um, you know, it's it's easy to kind of go with what you know. I mean, this is one of the reasons why um, in the NFL right now there's only – three minority coaches out of 30 teams and two um, general managers out of 30 teams, zero uh, minorities out of uh, in, in ownership. So it's just that you see kind of some of the disparaging numbers and it's not about giving handouts, but it's about giving equal opportunities for people um, who are minorities to um, kind of be in leadership. So um, that's kind of what the three things that I would say, but you know, um, lastly, man, just like love on people, man. Just reach out to people. If you got friends that are, that are black or people of color, man, like, don't be afraid to just say like, Hey, like I see you. I love you. Um, I'd love to hear your perspective. And when, when you ask them for the perspective and and you want to listen to them, like, listen, like listen with humility. Um, not just like, uh, well, Hey, like, I understand Chris, you just told me this story about this bus driver, but like, that hasn't been my experience, so it's not real. Like you, you have to listen with a little humility to know that maybe your perspective isn't necessarily um, the only worldview. Because at the end of the day, uh, we're all different, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, you don't have to say, "Hey, like I'm not racist. I don't see color." Like that, you don't have to say that. You do right. see color because we're. I mean, unless you're colorblind, truly, <laughs> in the literal sense. Uh, but you know it, our differences are beautiful. Like, you know, we can be real and say, Hey, like I'm black, you're white. Like, you know, 
we're different, but the beautiful thing about our country is the diversity. And that if we were all the same thing, it would not be uh, have the beauty that it has. And so, um, yeah, just those are the kind of a couple things that I would say. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I guess the rare, very last thing that I just came to me would be just don't be afraid to say something. Um, right now, um, I think a lot of people are afraid to speak out because they don't want to say the wrong thing. But, you know, I think the time is out for like silence, like silence is actually um, complicit to, um, you know, racism and, and, and mistreatment of people. So, yeah, don't be afraid to say something. You may say the wrong thing, but just know that um, that, um, yeah, saying something means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Just going and putting that effort in. Um, OK, well, that's that's great feedback, man. We. We, again, super, we're super appreciative of you coming on our show. And we're glad that we're able to be in this situation where we have some, somewhat of a platform yeah. <laughs> uh, to where we can, you know, broad, broadcast this to our listeners and um, hopefully educate them and, you know, have uh, an extension of your voice and also an extension of the black community uh, and the perspective that, you know, you have gone through in your life and uh, the rest of your, uh, you know, the rest of your the rest of your friends and family have experienced, you know, it's just, it's just awesome to be able to be here and yeah, be that voice with you, man. It's, it's great. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, Chris, you- yeah. Hey, uh, Chris, just very last thing. Um, thank you again. Um, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, we always allow our guests to plug anything that they want to. Um, I mean, Not- we had- so like is there anything like do you want to plug your church do you want to plug like what you anything just yes man yeah rhythm church yeah plug in your church (laughs) wow i wasn't even gonna plug the church well i i first of all i just want to say um yeah if anyone has like any questions about any of this stuff man um feel free to reach out i'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I don't really check much, but I do have a Twitter. Um, hit me up. Ask me anything. Um, I'm an open book. Um, if you go to my Instagram or Facebook, I have a phone number on there. You could literally call me or text me, and I, I'll, I'll answer it. Um, so, we'll so put your, uh, we'll put your social media tags in the uh, in our post too. Yeah, so. and in the description of this episode as well. Yes. Cool, cool. Yeah, so hit hit me up on any of those sites. Um, like I said, I'm a pastor. Uh, we 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 pastor a church called Rhythm Church, and uh, yeah, man, we're all about helping people take next steps. And literally, our mission statement is um, we want to help close the gap um, between the life that you're living and the life you were created to live. So that that's that's our heart. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, we're very accessible uh, for people, especially people um, that, you know, are just looking for answers. We, we'd love to help and be a resource. So both of those hit me up. I'd love to talk, have a conversation, ask me anything, no judgments. And then, um, yeah, we're also uh, church. Uh, we're all online. And, um, yep, we're on Facebook, Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're everywhere. So um, I'm sure that uh, you guys uh, will link that. And uh, yeah, appreciate you guys listening to me and uh, having me on. Absolutely, man. Hey, we really appreciate you, Chris. Thanks again for this conversation. Uh, 
man, I know this is probably like the second or third time I've personally had a conversation with you, but I can see why Keenan and Kim uh, mean a lot. Uh, you mean a lot to them. So yeah. thanks yeah. again for having for yeah. being on our podcast, man. We really appreciate yep. it. Thanks for having me, guys.